good morning or good evening or good afternoon, as uh, the case may be, here on the other side of midnight, you know, that magical time between dusk and dawn when anything can happen. And this morning, <clears throat> believe, sorry about that, anything may in fact probably will happen. We're, 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 this is going to be a very interesting, if not controversial show. Because coming off the reactions of, uh, of last week when I had Barbara Honiger on, who was a little over the top when it came to Donald Trump, um, I decided we would do an entire weekend on the other side of midnight on the other side of Trump, that we would talk about things that the mainstream doesn't really grapple with, certainly not at the depth that we're going to have to be able to do it tonight with three hours, give or take. So last night, I deliberately, for people who wrote and said, why are we listening to reruns? Because if you read at the top, last night was a deliberate rerun of the Roger Stone interview I did at the height of the campaign, where I made certain predictions, including going back and listening as the show was running last night, that uh, Trump was likely to win. And maybe I was one of the only ones to say that before the shock of, what was it, November 8th was the election uh, two years ago. Anyway, so I listened and I learned, relearned a few things from listening to Roger. I had sent, extended an invitation to do a show live, but he either didn't see it or he didn't want to come on because uh, we never got a response. So I'm very glad that we had done that one because it was, it was this is kind of like a time capsule. You know, that last, that last night's show was designed to show everyone where we were almost two years ago before this current adventure had really um, gotten underway. Tonight's show is going to be to grapple with some of the more interesting aspects of the Trump presidency, including this really intriguing phenomenon that I've been watching now for month after month after month called the um, Q or QAnon phenomenon. And toward the end of the show, I'm going to lay some data on the table. I think I may have figured out who Q is. Now, there will be people who say, oh, no, there's no way you could. Millions of people have been trying for years. Well, I have a different uh, process and methodology than a lot of folks. So we'll see. We're going to put it on the table and see, as they used to say, in the advertising business when I was in New York and that was a big thing, you know, running up the flagpole and see who salutes or put it on the train and see where it gets off uh, past Greenwich. You know, there's a lot of old, those old cliches. So tonight, um, before we get to the heart of the, of the program, let me lead off with a few items because tonight's going to be a mixture of both uh, politics and science, hyperdimensional physics. First of all, I want to call your attention to how you get to radio with pictures. You go to the other side of midnight.com. And you click on tonight's guest graphic, which is for Sunday night, August 26th, um, the Q Mysteries. Click on that. That will take you to the uh, guest page tonight. Scroll down under Radio with Pictures to My Items. And number one is an interesting post from Dutch Sinise, who we're trying to get on the, on the show. And then number two, which goes along with it, is a, a graphic from the USGS, the U.S. Geological Survey. In the last week, give or take, there have been hundreds of earthquakes, including a definite increase in the in the um, in, in, in the number 
of those above uh, 4.5 on the Richter scale, which is how the uh, USGS calibrates so-called events worthy of, of note. I mean, the, the Earth is constantly shaking and trembling. You just can't feel it or hear it or, or detect it. But seismometers do. So they've had this kind of artificial cutoff that anything below a 4.5 isn't worthy of really making a big deal about. Anything above, you know, you want to take notice. Well, there is this increase in certainly around the Pacific Rim, the ring of fire, so-called. And we talked about this some weeks ago in connection with the Kilauea volcano. And I said that there was going to be an increase because if it's due to what I think is going on, which is the general background increase in the physics in general, well, that causes unusual earthquake activity. It causes uh, eruptions. It causes unusual meteorological events. It causes all kinds of interesting things that are physical and can be measured. It also causes things that cannot really readily be measured, which is the changes in consciousness, which of course is I believe indicative of what's been going on in our politics in the last several years. And that certainly is on the increase. This past week had some major crescendos on that level. And some of them appeared to have been really kind of synchronized. Now, whether that's by human hand or that's just because it's going with the flow and it's part of the physics itself, there's there's no way to know. Part of which we're going to be discussing this morning. Anyway, um, Item number three has to do with this very bizarre phenomenon that occurred this last week as well surrounding Hurricane Lane. First of all, as I pointed out to uh, one of my guests uh, earlier in the week, and we're going to probably talk about this when I bring them on, what is a hurricane doing in the Pacific? My understanding is that hurricanes are confined to the Caribbean and to the uh, Atlantic, and typhoons are in the Pacific. Well, the Weather Service, the National Weather Service, NOAA, talked a lot this week about Hurricane Lane, which approached uh, Hawaii in the general vicinity of. And as it got closer, it went ramped up to a Category 5 very quickly. And then it made an interesting kind of sharp right-hand turn, went up toward the islands, directly toward the islands, and then when it uh, was, according to the projections, the tracks based on meteorological conditions, steering currents, highs and lows, jet stream, all that stuff, they projected um, that it would go to roughly 21 degrees and then make an abrupt left-hand turn heading west again, pretty much along the 2019.5 line. So if you scroll down to item number four, a few hours before it was uh, scheduled to get closest to the Big Island, Hurricane Lane, again, hurricanes don't exist in the Pacific, Hurricane Lane suddenly dissipated. I mean, within hours, it went from a Cat 3 down to a tropical storm. Now, dissipating that much angular momentum alone is an astonishing achievement. The fact that it did it without any apparent external uh, reinforcers, things like, uh, you know, warm, dry winds, a shift in the um, uh, jet stream, 
uh, blocking high, any of those things. I mean, none of the the Weather Service kind of uh, waved their arms and said it had something to do with drier air. But the fact that the earlier models predicted none of this, models that were in in, in play, you know, weeks, well, a, a week, you know, several hours, certainly, several days reasonably, um, made me kind of look at this and go, whoa, what's really going on here? Anyway, um, the rest of the conversation this morning is going to be dealing with politics. And uh, yes, Kinti, I see that's what you're doing. That's an excellent idea. So then the first thing I want to do on the political um, vein is to acknowledge that Senator John McCain, at the age of 81, after 60 you know years in public service, um, died yesterday evening somewhat late. And all day today, the news has been filled with accolades and tributes and condolences and all that, as you would expect. And I have a series of links, which when we get into the show, we're going to go through a lot of these uh, as part of this morning's conversation. Kinthi uh, is posting even as we speak. So by the time that we get around to discussing this, they will be present in a form that you can easily relate to. But I just want to give you a kind of a heads up. Um, I put up a lot tonight. I think we have something like 22 links in my section of Radio with Pictures because I want in the archive when you're you know, listening in Club 19.5, I don't want you to have to go and look for anything. It's all there. It's all part of tonight's conversation, and it is easily findable, trackable, and we will be giving out numbers for these links as the conversation proceeds. So without further ado, let me introduce my guest of the morning, because as I said, we're going to be dealing with some ineffable stuff this morning around this mystery of who is Q, or Q Anon, and what he or she or they have been saying, how much um, how much of the, has that, you know, committee, group, whatever you want to call it, how many... How much has been the truth and how much has been a disguised truth and how much has been maybe a coded truth? All things to be discussed as we move through the morning. Okay, so let me start with Robert. Robert, who's been on the show many times, I forget how many, is a specialist in photo interpretation, geometric analysis, and computer imaging. Robert Morningstar is a graduate of Power Memorial Academy, and was a New York State Regent Scholar from 67 to 72 at Fordham University, where he degree, received his degree in psychology. I can't talk tonight. Sorry, folks. His degree in psychology. While at Fordham in 1969, Robert was really fortunate, <clears throat> fortunate to participate as a research fellow in a U.S. Navy-sponsored program to develop artificial intelligence. And you can read the rest of his bio there under uh, Radio Pictures. Scroll down on the guest page tonight. And uh, my second guest, who is joining us at the top of the show, is Kelly M., who loves to talk science. She's been on the show many times, history, and stories. Kelly is a very well-known contributor to Dr. Joseph Farrell's GizaDeathStar.com website. She has a degree focused in history and the philosophy of science, economics, and physics. She attended the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism and earned a certificate in science writing, was an editor of several high technology publications, and is a professional level musician 
why don't we have any music to play from Kelly? Hmm, must ask her. And an aspiring storyteller using the tools of fiction. And again, you can read the rest of her bio in Radio with Pictures. So without further ado, Robert and Kelly, welcome back to the upside of midnight. Thank you, Richard. It's good to Great be here. Great to be here. Okay. Thanks. And we're going to be joined in the third hour by Georgia and maybe as the show progresses by a mystery guest. I've invited this mystery guest on. Um, he's resisting. It is a he. Yeah. He is well-versed in uh, uh, Trump uh, methodologies and in the specific subjects of QAnon, but is a bit shy, so may or may not be joining us. But the invitation is open and is out there. And um, what did I say? Did, Keith, did I say Robert? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I said Kelly. I'm sure I said Kelly. Anyway. Tonight is a very confused night. In fact, uh, Robert, you said you had some problems in sending emails earlier. Oh, listen, this is really important. And get closer to that mic, please. Yes, yes, thank you. Is This is really important. I have to warn people. I've spoken on this show about artificial intelligence uh, several times, and it's always been with the warning that artificial intelligence is not a friend of humanity. I feel that they have already switched over to an automatic artificial intelligence governing everything. I woke up three days ago and I found 24 of my posts had been uh, removed from Facebook and labeled as spam. Of course, Facebook has this thing where you answer them and you tell them it's not spam. I did it. And bing, 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 they take it off. A friend of mine just wrote to me from... Wait, wait, wait. They took them off or they put them back on? Uh, they took off the block, excuse me. Oh, okay. They, they took off the block and they put them back on. Just a few hours ago, I sent out an, an email message notice of this program to almost 200 people who are on my mailing list. They always get their mail. Always. Bang. All of them came back. I had to go into the notice and remove certain things that pertain specifically to your website, the picture, the logo, and put only the link then I sent it out again, and uh, I, just a handful, like four or five of them, came back. But this is happening too often, and I believe that it's a fact that artificial intelligence is already operant and in charge. And we have to get to the bottom of this. This is the greatest threat to all of us. Republican, Democrat, Independent, Socialist, Communist. This is not human. No human is doing this. But some humans have turned over all the power to artificial intelligence. Well, Maybe given that we're dealing with Facebook, Robert, wouldn't it be appropriate to complain to Facebook to start? Yes. Complain to Facebook, complain to Google. But my complaint, which I uttered today, was that if they're playing these games with us, we can play games with them. Starbucks learned a real lesson when they went out and endorsed a candidate to the exclusion of all others. And when they did that, they started treating customers who were other in other than pleasant ways. I stopped going, I called for a boycott, and Starbucks lost $164 million in a year. And Mr. Schultz, who was the endorser of the candidate, has lost his job as uh, president's CEO of Starbucks. Okay, they're making up a story now that it was because Starbucks had uh, asked for the arrest of two 
African-American men who were just sitting in there not ordering anything. But the fact is, $164 million is what it cost Starbucks for endorsing a presidential candidate. It is not the business of corporations and businesses to engage in politics. Your business is your product, your business is your service. And if you're going to take sides in politics, you're going to pay the consequences. So I called today for a protest against Facebook, against YouTube, against Google, and that would be to organize on one single day to be determined where every one of us who is outraged by this will say, I am not going to touch Facebook for 24 hours and teach them a lesson. I'm not going to watch a YouTube for 24 hours and teach them a lesson and on down the line. In in, in the wake of the whole Cambridge Analytica thing, didn't they lose an awful lot of of, uh, users and money? They went out of business. No, I'm talking Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Yeah, they they really bombed out. They lost a huge percentage of their value on the, in the stock market. And um, Zuckerberg lost something like $17 million. But you know what? He hasn't responded in a positive way. He's responded in a very vindictive way, as if he wants to get even for that loss. And that's not, not the right way to proceed. Okay. The other thing, we're talking about uh, social networking and social credits. Google is in cahoots with communist China, and they are helping, well, how would you say it, rate human beings and their social networking desirability, and they are stigmatizing people who don't have a high social it's like a, like a credit card report in here in America. Your credit report determined, uh, you know, loans and finances and things like that. Well, over there, just your standing in the social hierarchy of the Chinese Facebook and the Chinese Google is determining whether people get jobs, keep their positions, or even get arrested. And Google is conspiring with them to facilitate that. Google is not our friend, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Neither, neither is Facebook at this time. And it's something that goes beyond politics, beyond politics, because it's happening almost indiscriminately to, to everyone. Right now, the emphasis is on the conservatives, you know, Alex Jones, Jerome Corsi, one of the greatest, in my opinion, investigative journalists of the last 15 or 20 years. He's been he's been erased. He's a non-entity, just like in Soviet Russia. In Soviet Russia, when somebody fell out of uh, favor with the with the regime, oh, they disappeared off the street, sure. But then all of these technicians would go into the newspaper archives of back issues of Izvestia and Pravda and magazines, and anywhere where that person uh, had his picture taken with the hierarchy or with Stalin, they were just erased, you know, photoshopped by hand. And I'm afraid that we're on the verge of that here. And so I'm very glad to hear people squawking and to hear the president uh, issued a a very strong tweet about it. And I think we all have to get on our congressmen and uh, Congress critters, as uh, as I like to call them sometimes when they misbehave, and really get on with investigating this whole thing and stopping artificial intelligence. That's what I feel right now. 
I'm very irate. Well, you know that uh, several very prominent people, including Musk, have raised profound questions and issues regarding AI. But right. it hasn't it hasn't risen to the level of a general discussion yet because nobody's being hurt by it yet. Well, I'm hurt. I'll tell you how I'm hurt. I'm hurt by distraction. I am hurt by an attempt to hijack my awareness. When I go and I want to write an email or visit a site, my intention is on that site. Just a little while ago, it was on Churchill and what he said about socialism, which I may comment on later. But at those moments, Google and Facebook and YouTube are popping up these pop-ups that they have determined will snatch my attention. We have body snatchers and we have now a mind snatcher. And this distraction is disturbing. I don't need it. I don't want it. I want to choose when I look for something. I don't want it thrown in my face. And it's manipulated. Richard, you said at the beginning of the show, I was very fortunate to be involved in the development of artificial intelligence. My brain was mapped. My brain, my brainwave functions, my neural networks, which I didn't know what they were when I asked the professor, uh, brainwave function, brain voltages, neural networks. Professor, what are neural networks? Well, Bob, neural networks are uh, combinations of nerves in your brains that constitute the different faculties, uh, your reasoning, your, your analytical skills, your verbal abilities. So what the experiment, unwittingly to them, I suppose, uh, resulted in was that these different areas of my brain or our brains that are usually somewhat disconnected from the center of the master control, they were integrated. And I have an ability now to analyze things very rapidly and I can express them very succinctly and clearly in the English language. And I believe that I am a weapon against artificial intelligence, that I was a weapon that was prepared many years ago with a certain insight to be able to warn my fellow Americans because the deep state has been manipulating human consciousness since before JFK was killed and completely after JFK was killed through Project Mockingbird, MKUltra, the list goes on. And so another department in the government, knowing that these things were going on and being hatched, by the deep state, specifically in the CIA, a counter MKUltra movement started. And that one was to expand human consciousness. President Kennedy was part of it. The expansion of consciousness through psychedelics was one of the pro projects where CIA used it to manipulate and dominate. President Kennedy became aware of it and as a matter of fact, President Kennedy did LSD in the White House twice in 1962. And I believe that it was those experiences that he had in the Rose Garden, which is what saved the world from nuclear holocaust when October came around. He wanted the people's consciousness to expand in a positive direction. And in fact, he said, I want my entire cabinet to take this. Right? And that's when LSD was legal. It was being used very creatively, as you know, Timothy Leary. I had the privilege of meeting Timothy Leary in 1990 and sharing all of these ideas. 
But folks, this is serious. Uh, I'm not uh, inflating myself. I feel like Richard and I tonight are the electronic Paul Revere's. I've said that to other hosts. Free internet radio is the last bastion of free speech in this country. And we have to start fighting to get, get it back. If the government has no right to deprive us of freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, the right to bear arms, how much less so a corporation or an individual? Let's, let's say a person in Texas is walking around with his firearm legally, and somebody says, here, I'm going to take that weapon away from you. The Texan definitely is not going to let his weapon be taken away. And yet, every day we are allowing our freedom of speech to be stripped from us by individuals, by groups, and by corporations. They are all dangerous. And we must well, be- but Robert, you remember, and I forget which Supreme Court decision, maybe it was Citizens United, uh, validated corporations as persons, meaning they're covered under the Constitution like an individual which means they have rights at, at, like individuals, but of course their power is incredibly disproportionate. I heard this afternoon on some political discussion that some, I think it's Facebook now has a, or is it Apple, has a trillion dollar evaluated worth. Right. That's like one fifteenth of the United States. That's the, the same amount of money that's the, almost equivalent to the state of New York or the country of Italy. I mean, we're talking huge amounts of power concentrated in in legal entities, which the Supreme Court has ruled have the legal rights under the Constitution of individuals. You're absolutely right. But what that decision gave to the corporations was the right to have freedom of speech. It did not confer the right to strip it away from all of us. That's really what it was. A corporation is a person, a legal person in the eyes of the Supreme Court, so they have the right to speak. But they do not have the right to strip us of our freedoms of expression, our freedoms of speech, even if they give us the platform. And that's my point. I think we have to unite, coalesce, all of us, every party, every person, for our own good, and get them under control. Because they are way out of control. And I'm telling you, folks, we can do it. I, I know it. We did it. I did it. My $15 a week deprived uh, Starbucks of $15 a week, $60 a month, 10 months, dollars. <laughs> it added up, man. And a year later, I calculated it. I haven't gone back to, to, to uh, Starbucks yet. And think of all the money you saved. Of course. Of course, <laughs> so I can spend it on 19.5 or whatever. Right? Yeah. So folks, let's like, I'm going to lighten up. I'm going to lighten up because I, I have given you my warning. Well, wait, wait, wait. before we, we leave this, we've got about three minutes to the bottom of the hour. So let's stay with this. Okay. I only, I do not see the corporations seeing the light. All right. I'm, which means we're looking at federal legislation, congressional, right. hopefully bipartisan legislation that bakes into the cake the idea that corporations do not have a right to censor. They do not have a right to abrogate uh, you know, your rights under the Constitution. And they certainly don't have a right to, to you know, steal 200 emails and simply deep six them in the white porcelain receptacle. Right. And Richard, 
This is the second time it's happened with me sending out uh, notices about your show. And I had to reconfigure my email, strip it of certain things, the picture, as if there's some code loaded on there in the pictures that Contia loads up uh, for the icon that you're using. Mm. And stripping that out and reconfiguring uh, the, the email uh, message uh, resulted in, in my being able to push it through. So some of us are uh, on the list. Hmm. You know? Well, I noticed during the replay of Roger Stone's interview last night that we were missing, you know, like 20 minutes. And I'm trying to c calculate the number of, of commercials, you know, because it was on commercial radio when I did that, KCAA. Uh, but there's, there were many, many minutes lost because Skype kept being censored. I'll say it right there. Right. We lost, I think, the link to Roger three times because of Skype weirdnesses. Right. And that was back during the show when a lot of stuff was happening on the Internet that was definitely targeting us. So I believe we need federal legislation to guarantee at the corporate level these rights. Okay. Right. I'll tell you what. We, we that don't was have a great show last night, Richard. I have to hand it to you. I heard well, the original Save program. it, save it, save it, because sure. we're going to miss our cue, and then Kintia will kill me. Okay. So you're on the other side of midnight. We shall return. We're on the warpath. hour of the other side of midnight be sure to catch our complete live show every saturday and sunday night at 9 p.m pacific midnight eastern for a full three hours of this kind of exploration and be sure to visit the other side of midnight.com as you listen so you can follow our special radio with pictures guest page simultaneously that can see our hard-working producer specifically prepares to illustrate the topics discussed each show why because there is vital additional information on that Radio with Pictures guest page that I assure you will immeasurably enhance your understanding and enjoyment of what our guests are describing. I mean, would you rather listen to a guest talk about NASA images of ancient artifacts on Mars or simultaneously be able to follow the official NASA images showing you, as you're listening, the ruins? If you'd like to listen at your convenience to all our shows, including our unique Radio with Pictures feature, please visit theothersideofmidnight.com and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. Okay, what do you get with your Club 19.5 membership, besides helping the show literally stay on the air? Well, first of all, you will exclusively, this is not available to the general public, enjoy our enhanced ad-free podcast, courtesy of Chris Bell automatically downloading all the latest The Other Side of Midnight shows directly to your favorite podcast device so you can listen when you want to. Further, as a full Club 19.5 member, you will gain exclusive access to our The Other Side of Midnight 24-7 chat server, what I can't help calling 
the Open Hailing Frequencies Room, which is available only to members 24-7. Now, during the show, that's where you will find other 19.5 members and sometimes even members of the bridge crew, my guests, and even me uh, when I have time. Regardless, you can always relay live questions to me during the show just by going to the Open Hailing Frequencies Room. Of course, when we're not on the air with your 19.5 membership, you can visit our Club 19.5 radio archives anytime and download all our shows directly to your computer, which will automatically provide you a screen size that allows you to really examine the remarkable images Cynthia posts for each show. Okay, here's where I need to get kind of super serious. Club 19.5 is how our show is currently solely supported in my hopefully not vain attempt to keep commercials to a minimum. If you're concerned about keeping us on the air, if you want to hear information that has been vetted far more than perhaps any other show, the best way to ensure that is to join Club 19.5 and get your friends and family to join too. And if you don't know already, when I drop by open hailing frequencies, you can even ask me directly what the ultimate meaning is behind 19.5. Literally, the most exclusive club in the world. Please join me and my interesting guests on this very stream every Saturday and Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, and be sure to come back and listen to our live three-hour shows. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. Welcome back on this Sunday night, the 26th of August, 2018. We're two months away from the November elections, and we're in the midst of a whole bunch of extraordinary controversies surrounding the Congress, the executive, the judicial. And tonight, you know, we're we're basically going to try to grapple with this idea of what happened to our our kind of civil politics. John McCain's passing last night brings up the idea that, you know, John's life was a life of service, starting in the Navy and then in in the Senate and the House and then the Senate. And he tried consistently during his entire senatorial career to build bridges. In fact, there's a very famous uh, picture of him together with Ted Kennedy, um, who ironically, if you go back to uh, the other side of midnight.com and click on the graphic and go to the uh, guest page tonight. Scroll down. John McCain died exactly nine years to the day of uh, brain cancer, which is two, nine, nine years to the day that Ted Kennedy died nine years ago of the same thing. And we're going to have Georgia uh, Lambert join us in the third hour. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, Did John choose last night to go to make the statement that the republic cannot stand if we are polarized to where each side so hates each other 
that they don't ever talk to each other anymore and nothing gets done in a bilateral framework. It's all the other side is evil, the enemy serving dark. I mean, I've, I've heard people telling me that Democrats are demonic dark force agents, that kind of thing. That's not the political world of John McCain and Ted Kennedy. And as you can see, not very much is getting done in a world where we're so intensely polarized that we can't even have a civil discussion. Tonight, I'm hoping we will have a civil discussion. So, Robert, let me come back to you. You were saying some things about my conversation with Roger Stone last night. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, Roger Stone revealed everything in that uh in that interview, everything he said could just be a current report. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Today. And it said to me, look, folks, this is real. The uranium uh, one deal did go down. Trump knew about it. The military knew about it. Admiral Rogers went to Trump. It is true. The military tried to save the nation from some group a cabal that was selling us out to UN dominance and to a new oligarchy, a new world oligarchy that was going to be hatched. And they've been caught. And we are now in the midst of a great internal civil war within the government to extirpate the deep state. And let me say it again. I've been saying it for weeks. We must destroy the deep state. The deep state is the enemy of the American people. The deep state is the enemy of the U.S. Constitution. The deep state no longer has any raison d'etre, no reason for being. It was hatched for one purpose, to hide the UFO presence, the alien presence around this planet. That has now been exposed. There's no reason for keeping them around. They arrogated too much power to themselves, and now it's time to pay the piper. And the piper. Okay, let me let me get into the nitty gritty on this. Since the Republicans control the White House, and they control the Congress, House, and Senate, yes. why in two years, if there is a serious deep state issue, why has nobody been called before Congress to testify under oath on the record relating to these? For instance, let's talk about the uranium deal. Since the Republicans control the committees, how come that appropriate people, including Hillary Clinton as mm -hmm. Secretary of State, has not been called during this president's two years, well, 19.5 oh, oh. months? Let me finish uh, the question, please. Sure, okay. Sure, sure. Why have the Republicans not acted on these, shall we say, lines of evidence? Some Republicans have acted and they are being blocked by other Republicans who were in on it. The Uranium One deal was not a strictly a Democrat cabal. It was collusion. That's the real Russian collusion. And if you want to know the truth, one of those people is now the Attorney General of the United States. And he took that position to protect his cronies and to protect himself. The Uranium One deal had to be approved by CFUSA, the Committee for Foreign Investments in the United States of America. And that included the president, the vice president, the cabinet, the Department of Justice, the FBI, 
director of national intelligence, director of the CIA, ambassador to the United Nations. All of them were at that table and Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions approved the Uranium One deal as a member of three committees, chairman of three committees in the Senate, and there are others involved. And that's why everything is at loggerheads at the, Depart at the Department of Justice. Okay, hang on. CYA. That, 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 that takes care of the DOJ, the Department of Justice, why there's no indictments. How come the Congress, how come the chairman of key committees all Republicans, of course, and Republicans <clears throat> of a very long, sorry about that. Yeah, go ahead. I have to clear my throat and not on oh. the air. Oh, okay. Um, I always how, come, how come none of the appropriate committee chairman, who again are Republicans, have looked at this, looked at the evidence, and someone just sent me a note and said, well, there's not enough evidence. Well, there's not enough evidence, and why are people talking about this at all? Well, that's not true, Richard. I, I, I think no, I'm just saying someone who was a Trump supporter just sent me a note saying that they're working on developing the evidence. Okay? Oh, no, 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 no. Look, Takes the, time to build the evidence. Direct quote, that, wait for it. It's coming. Okay. Well, we've been told ask, that for two years. For it, but when they months. ask for it and they don't get it, what are they going to do? You haven't been watching. But, season, but when you say, say they don't get it, don't don't get it from whom? The Republican congressmen who have been investigating all of these issues, the FBI, have been asking the Department of Justice, Rod Rosenstein, for documents that are related to Uranium One, and he's got a big stall on. And every time they have to drive him to that, to the to the edge of contempt, uh, citation, or impeachment before he coughs up a couple of pages of redacted material. They have been asking for it, Richard. I have been watching C-SPAN for the last four years, sitting in on those committees. I know the, the, the members who are doing the work who have excavated what we have learned so far. And the fact is that what has been excavated and exposed so far is perfectly in consonance with what Roger Stone was telling you, us, that night, last night, and on the original show. Yeah, He's almost two years ago. Someone just sent me another note. Do you really yeah. think, hang on, hang on, sure. do you really think they can unravel decades of deep state BS in two weeks? No, I think it's been almost two years since this administration has been in control of all this information. I mean, if the president really wanted to get something out, we've seen over two years the demonstration of executive orders We've seen that he is willing to reduce or repeal regulations in all other areas. How come he can't order his own government to bring forth data? Because the media is out like vultures. Why does this have anything to do with the media? This is a matter of the legal national security. Why am I telling you? Hey, why am I telling you Jeff Sessions approved the Uranium One deal? Why haven't you heard it on MSNBC from Rachel Maddow? Why haven't you heard it from Chris Communist on CNN? Come on, Richard. <laughs> Come on. Have you noticed? Hey, folks, I've, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks because I'm, really, uh, I'm really pissed at Chris Cuomo. Hey, has anybody noticed that all the letters in the name Cuomo are in the word communist? Oh, Maybe we should start on. to pronounce it that's, that's, You obviously are going off the edge of the paper there. Yes, I'm, gonna, I'm just balancing out. Barbara Honecker last week. Hey, do you really think that President Trump is going to cancel the congressional elections this year? 
Well, that, I that was concerned. I, I, I'm, I'm still concerned maybe at a 10% level that something weird is going to go on because for some reason, a bilateral committee, both sides, Republicans and Democrats, who had put together a really good bill for election security, suddenly yeah. the White House intervened and the whole deal is off. There's going to be no bill for October to be voted upon, which the states need to basically reinforce their own meager finances for a national system of reinforcing cybersecurity. Why, if we really have issues, you know, regardless of where they're coming from, how come this administration does not want any money for cybersecurity for the elections? That's your proof? No, I'm asking the Sherlock question. Sherlock Holmes deduced that that's the proof that he's going to cancel the congressional I'm asking election. the question. All right? And I didn't say proof. Remember, the, this, this is all in the realm of, you know, rumor, innuendo, speculation. I've never seen more speculation in the world of politics the last couple, three years. So there is no proof because the only proof we have is when things go through a – you know, legal process like in federal court or local court or state courts or whatever, mm -hmm. and you actually have indictments in the open, not sealed, not secret, where you can see who the, you know, bad guys, the accused bad guys are, then they go through a trial. None of that's happened yet. Again, the media is blinding the people. These Why are public is it records in the court. Where, where, where are the uh, How many people here? Hey, how many people here in your 19.5 club and all our listeners get up and go and look for those records? How many? How many are interested? How many care? How many know they even exist? And if you know and care, how do you find them? That's onerous work. But it is left to other people, independent investigators, researchers, the Jerome Corsis, even the Alex Joneses who, who flip out and give me give me uh, apprehension that I'm going to see him croak right on, on, the, on the air from, from apoplexy, you know? We've got to calm down. We've got to look at this individually and see what you can do. And I've just given you a couple of things that we all can do. Regarding the, the reluctance to fund cybersecurity for all the states, mm -hmm. There must be really good reasons for that. For example, who is going to do it? Is it going to be one overall brand? Well, one of the things when I, when I took a quick look at the bill on, what is it, Tom, where's, is it Thompson's Register where you can look at these bills? I don't recall. There, there, there's some federal register where you can log on. I, I, register. I looked at it briefly, and what I noticed was the bill mandates, mandates that not under their you know, discretion, but that Homeland Security under the law is mandated to share the cybersecurity information with the state, with the attorney generals, with the local state election officials and all that. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some stuff that Homeland Security does not want to share. That's that. Well, you know, Washington is already a sieve, you know, for for uh, leaks. Imagine turning it over to all the state governments. Imagine what would happen to, to that information. I think you're, you're wise in, in seeing that as uh, a precaution. The problem again, is that there was no, there was, there was no reasons. Robert, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You know, 
There was no reason given by the White House for suddenly putting the kibosh on this. They just said no, no reason given. Well. And be nice to see a reason. Okay, Kelly, you've been very, 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 hang on, Robert. Kelly, you've been very, very quiet, okay? Do you have any thoughts on where things have gone so far in, in this morning? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I wanted to go back a little bit to the uh, discussion about uh, AI and the big uh, social media corporation. Um, and that what I wanted to say was that, you know, there is a doctrine in the law where non, non-state actors can be declared state actors under the law. For example, let's say that you have a university. Uh, and the university has a power plant, they have a post office, they have a police force, uh, and so on and so forth. They have their own waterworks, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, under the law, those folks, that institution is considered to be a state actor. Now, now uh, these platforms are communications platforms, which are demonstrably, uh, you know, uh, undermining sort of the communications role of the post office. So you could make the argument that these social media platforms in, in, in are state actors, and therefore that the the, the laws, uh, you know, against the misuse of power by governments apply in the case of these social media giants. That's a very interesting wrinkle. I would think it's a matter of scale. I mean, if you're affected, how many does Facebook claim now? They have what two billion, three billion people, something like that. Two billion. And they also claim that half of everybody, half of those, you know, uh, those people get their news from Facebook as opposed to television networks. So that would make them, under Kelly's theory here, a very major state actor just in terms of scale. Well, that's interesting because that's precisely what the New World Order had in mind, that uh, the governing council of the world was going to be supranational above national entities, above countries, and that this corporate oligarchy that I'm I'm calling it now uh, was going to rule the world. That's why it's so important that President Trump pulled us out of TPP and TPIP and the African variant of it because all, all disputes between countries were no longer going to be held in in an international court. It was to be determined by arbitration by groups of lawyers designated by each of the participating countries. And, and President Trump saw through that. The, the business, how many people here read the TPP and what it really was, what it really gave? The TPP gave each of the signatories an enclave inside the United States where they could build a city and populate it with up to 50,000 people, and that free trade zone would be China. China already has two of them here. It's already started. However, this Haven't is they bought to, major things in the, in the Long Beach uh, uh, port? Haven't they? China. Don't, yeah. Don't they Huge own Hollywood? investments in, in Long Beach. Long Beach. Listen, China owns Central America, and that's why the people of Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala are fleeing through Mexico to get to the United States. If you really want to get to the root of the problem, it's that the Chinese have gone into Central America 
in a big dig project. And they have been desecrating Nicaragua, ripping it apart to finish this nearly water level canal through Nicaragua that employs two lakes, two huge lakes in, in western Nicaragua connected by a river. Wasn't that, that where the original Panama Canal was targeted to it be? Was to, it was to be there. But then they decided that the the uh, the narrowness of the Isthmus of Panama there was much shorter. But in reality, it was a trade-off because the terrain was much more difficult. Be that as it may. They have committed an ecological crime in Nicaragua that has resulted in a revolution that is not being reported by any news station here except Fox News and France 24. And what they did is they wanted to denude the land in order to bring in the heavy machinery and make the roads and make the, 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 the towns where the builders of this last edge, last strip of this canal was to be. And what they did is they set a fire in the Indio Maiz biological preserve that had been determined by the United Nations to be a pristine area of rainforest, a national treasure for the world that was not to be despoiled. The Sandinistas torched it, pretended it was a natural fire. When people asked for help to put out the fire, they stood by for 10 days before acting. The people realized that it had been done intentionally. A revolution has broken out. Over 460 young people have been killed men, women, and children, and it is in utter chaos. So expect a lot of Nicaraguans going through Mexico. But in Guatemala, in Honduras, and um, El Salvador, they came in, bought over the businesses, and imposed on those people the same strict rules of work, six days a week, 10 hours a day. And that's what the people are fleeing from, the Chinese takeover of Central America. You're not going to hear that on CNN, folks. Hmm. Well, if you want to make the analogy, they're doing, the Chinese are doing in the 21st century what the uh, Russians did in the 19th and, and 20th centuries, right? Communists always do the same thing. I advise everyone to Google something that's called the nine commentaries on the Chinese Communist Party. And one of those commentaries, this is what uh, really altered the mind, the mind of China. And one of them is called how communism is anti-nature. And this is a former member of the Chinese Communist Party who left the party and exposed the crimes of the communist regime. And one of the most important ones is communism is anti-nature. Anywhere that it starts to operate, it starts to desecrate the land. It, Look at Romania after Ceausescu. The most polluted land in all of Europe was Romania. The, the same applies to many of the former Soviet republics. They're still recovering. Look at the Aral Sea. People are talking about global warming being responsible for the melting of the glaciers in the Himalayas. Wrong. The glaciers of the Himalayas used to be fed by waters that were evaporating from the Aral Sea. And those used to feed the weather and the clouds that came and rained on, on Tibet and kept the glaciers young. Now, Russia, the Soviet Union, let's make the distinction, the Soviet Union, the communist government of Russia for 70 years, 
stole the water of the Aral Sea. They funneled the waters of the Aral Sea into southern Russia to feed their textile industry, which they were developing there in the 60s and 70s. And now the Aral Sea is 30 feet lower than it used to be, and it's simply a dead mud pit. This is an example of how communism is anti-nature. The torching of the Indian Maiz Biological Preserve in Nicaragua is another and the list goes on. Well, are they any more anti-nature than the robber barons of the 19th and 20th centuries? We're not living in the 19th century. No, but I'm saying We're living you want now. to compare, we have want to compare unbridled we, capitalism with unbridled communism. I don't want to compare unbridled capitalism to anything. I want to compare the capitalism we have today to the situation we face today. And that is it. Communism is the enemy of the United States. It is the enemy of the United States in the, in the body of the communist regime in China. Wouldn't you it say is, it's the enemy of, of, of humanity? If you're destroying the planet, you know, that's... Yes, I do. Different. Yes, I do. Okay. Why, should, why should we have signed the Paris Climate Accords and acquiesce to curtailing our own emissions and yet let China to continue to pollute the world? They are the world's greatest polluter and allow them to continue that into 2030. Why should they have that privilege. Talk about white privilege. Is there something called yellow privilege now on this planet because of the power of the Chinese purse, a purse that was filled and stacked by the Clintons? Well, how long has China been buying our debt? It's longer than the Clinton administration. A lot longer. Good for them. Just like the Japanese bought it. The Japanese were buying it big time, long before the Chinese came in. Mm-hmm. And then we. By the a- way, by the way, no, sorry to interrupt. Um, the the way you track these bills, there's a actual government website, www.governmenttrack.us/events/bill-summaries. You can go to that one, or there's the Congressional Research Service. They do. Uh, they actually link over to govtrack.us, um, and then there's. Uh, congress.gov slash legislation about there's lots of ways to track these bills mm-hmm. but I just thought that the um, the um, you know election security bill that was you know no, negotiated with both Republicans and Democrats and they're all all of them on the on the uh, on the uh, you know committee that was putting this bill together were kind of dumbfounded when when uh, Trump basically said nope I'm not going to sign it so well, listen, he, maybe he's using that as leverage to get his funding for the wall. This is this is the way that stuff works in Washington. You know, you scratch my back and scratch your back. If you don't scratch my back, I'm not going to scratch your back. So take it and leave it. And listen, nobody is a better negotiator than Donald Trump. And I just think that they are just flat footed off balance because they've never met a businessman. OK, hold it there. Do it. We're at the uh, top of the hour. My guest this morning, Kelly M., Robert Morningstar, and we're going to be joined by Georgia Lambert in the third hour. Our conversation is ranging the gamut. We'll be back. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. Don't go away.
insidersmidnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hogland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Support the broadcaster to provide you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. for listening to this exciting first hour now the second and third hour of the show is available to club 19.5 members only please support the show by subscribing to club 19.5 and join our very interesting community to do that please visit the website the other side of midnight.com and click on the join club 19.5 link in the left hand column as a club 19.5 member you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350-plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed, and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed that contains these enhanced show recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll have access to a private chat server that member used to chat about the show during the show, and you will have a direct channel to post a question that will be read on the air to the guest. And you'll have a place to post questions during our open hailing frequencies. We realize that not everyone wants to call in live, and this gives you an easy way to participate in a live show without having to participate. Club 19.5 members can use this private chat to talk about the shows, ask questions, suggest new guests, And I may even pop on from time to time to answer specific questions. Also, the entire bridge crew is in these participating chat channels, so you can interact with them as well. You'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward. And boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out. (laughs) 